Hello and welcome to It's Only a Game. A team from England's North West wins the Champions League in Istanbul against a team from Milan who bottle their chances. Tell me when you've heard this before, lads. It's the spirit of Miss Istanbul for Inter, but plenty of fans will be naming their kids Rodri after Dave. Meanwhile, 7th Heaven in Andalusia, a severe, a, a severe warning even, is sent across Europe once again. The special one is thwarted by Bono, the saviour. What a beautiful day for them. Meanwhile, West Ham fans are blowing bubbles all around Prague. Pretty sure that was a banned sketch from Little Britain. The 2022-23 season is over, and if you're looking for the best insight, expert analysis, and the most in-depth review of the past 10 months, then what are you doing here? You should know by now. I'm Jimmy. We're joined by Greg, Deck, and Matt. How are we doing, lads? Evening, Jimmy. I thought you were going to end that with um, download FOTMOB, but there you go. Uh, oh, maybe yeah. a sponsor FOTMOB. for another video. Shout out FOTMOB. It's been a while. Doing well, lads. Yep, doing okay. Good intro, that, Jim. Yeah, one of your better ones. That took you, what, four minutes to write? Thanks. I hope you all heard it. My three. Um, but seriously, my internet is seemingly rubbish today. I feel like I'm on like a time delay to the point where I think I've just seen Real Madrid lift the Champions League. So, um, <laughs> Which year? Apologies for any delay in the recording. 1930s. The stream today. Zidane? <laughs> it would have Precisely. been an entertaining final. You've just watched anyway, Jimmy. Uh, I think Amelia... I think Emilio Butragueno has just scored. Um, so, yeah, um, well, where do we even begin? The season is over. Uh, oh, yeah, you're Thank fuck me. for that. Yeah. It's done. Oh, speak for yourself. I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah? Somewhat. It was, you know, interesting to me. It was, it was interesting to follow. I didn't enjoy following it, but it was interesting to follow until the last day of the season. It's quite nice now and a bit of, you know, jeopardy in your life. Not quite know what's going to happen. Oh, are we going to get relegated? Are we not? In Greg's case, no, you do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll, mm. we'll go past that. That's fine. Don't have to. No, we've we've, we've rinsed. Have you, <laughs> have you recovered yet, Greg? Have you? Have you which yeah. which Greg stage Jeffy are you are in get, the? Are we going to get a record low point? Are you up the five stages of stuff. What stage are you on? Are you acceptance yet? Yes, but I think so. I think so. I think that I think the one that'll hit me the most is when everyone's results is it is it EFL results not results sorry fixtures is it this week deck? Oh, it's next week, isn't it? I think yeah. Uh, next week the sixteenth uh, rings a bell, but I could. I know sixteenth Friday. Back end of this week yeah. is it Friday? Yeah, it's this oh, Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. We were all wrong. Yeah. It's Thursday, the fifteenth. That'll be the I was one. Is in like fifth uh, of July is non-league. Yeah. It's like what? Never mind. Anyway, we'll. Uh, I'll acclimatise, I think. Will, uh, yeah, because yeah, they've still got organised the divisions. Have they really? You'll enjoy the FA Trophy, though, Greg. Is it... You've got a, a good chance of a good run in that. You never know. It's, um, I mean, yeah. we do, most likely, but you never, you never know. Yeah. How many players at this point? Who's left? Uh, I think we've got six players left, and we've just signed Bad. one. Signed one at the during the week. What was his name? Harvey Harvey Gilmore. Good squad. Good squad. So we'll, we'll see how that goes down in non-league. Oh, happy, yeah, yeah. happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. Uh, we'll we'll see how one. that goes. Do you know on. what? I don't know. Greg, when he when he was at Rovers, like I said to you the other day, um, I I liked him. Yeah. I, I actually thought at the time the time when we had him, we didn't have a particularly good squad. Trying to cast my memory back, but he was a kind of a, a ball playing midfielder. Really liked to get up in and around the edge of the box. Not going to store a lot of goals, but he'll put the pressure on. Quite comfortable in possession. He was he was a fairly handy player, to be fair. He might he might be um, all right so for us. Obviously yeah, in the non-league. Yeah, I think he's he's been fairly um, regular for Halifax, I think, um, and they've had a you know a, a good couple of seasons since he's been playing there. So um, 
hopefully a, a good yeah. sign for you. Is there any more news on? Um, oh, I've forgotten his name. Lloyd, Danny Lloyd, staying. Um, Is anything, anything else been said about him? He, we, he's gone. We've not really heard anything. We assume. I think he's put a sort of cryptic tweet out there saying thanks for the thanks Dale for X Y Z. So I'm assuming he's going. He's abroad somewhere training with his brother. Spain, Portugal, somewhere he's running around with his brother somewhere in a field, assuming that we can't afford him now. I think, but um, he, he doesn't he doesn't deserve in non-league. He doesn't he doesn't deserve Sorry, non-league? Danny, Danny Lloyd, he was really top player for. I said top player. He gave it his all every every game. I say not many of them did really. He, he did. He doesn't deserve to be in the conference. You have to hold your hand up sometimes. He deserves to be at minimum League Two. He, he could be League One. You never know. Um, he could be League One. We'll see. I wish him all the best. There's not yeah, many of them I, I from this season where I go, I wish you the best, but he, he's one of them. <laughs> but, um, yeah, moving on from Dale. Uh, what do you reckon, lads, we uh, talk about the uh, treble there, or what do you reckon? Um, before we move on to the treble, just a, a quick shout-out in terms of the playoffs. Uh, I don't know whether I, I shared this in the group. So, one of my mates and his dad, they both put a bet on before the uh, EFL playoffs. So they both put five pounds on the three finals to go to penalties. They cashed one of the cashed one of them out before the Chef Wed game for about a hundred pounds. They let the second one run and cashed out in a hundred and sixteenth minute of extra time for like five six hundred pounds. And obviously Chef Wed went on and got a was it hundred eighteenth or hundred nineteenth minute winner. Um, so yeah, a nice story of someone beat, beating the bookies for once. Um, but you know the, the standard of the, the um, playoff finals. To be fair, despite them being Obviously, quite tight and as a as a neutral for all of them, um, you know, penalties is quite an exciting way to to kind of finish it. Thought the standard of all of the games was um, was very very high. Um, I, I must say, yeah, I enjoyed. It sort them. Of, um, I don't know how much of them you, you caught yourselves. I thought they were great. I can't remember which ones I caught, but they were fantastic. To think that anything could sort of eclipse that type of performance or type of achievement, because I thought. It's got to be one of the best playoffs ever. That uh, Sheffield Wednesday game. It has to be. It has to go down as one of the best ones. Definitely in my, you know, recent memory. Anyway, definitely entertainment value. And can they do it? Can they not? And then, what were the were the four behind? I can't remember what it were, but it definitely just. It's, it doesn't. We, we don't want to be forgetting about things like that just because these big teams have won the treble. But Sheffield Wednesday, fantastic, and they deserve it. You know, I've got a lot of time for the manager. Um, yeah, I, I hope they do well. I, one of the teams where I go, oh, I don't actually, don't actually mind them. They're one of those teams, really, for me. I thought the playoff finals were quite um, cagey affairs. They always are. Settled by the odd goal. Obviously, in this case, we had you know a couple of 1-1 draws. Carbon copy games with the Championship and League 2 finals, really. Team goes ahead, team equalises, penalties. Then you're lying on the look of the draw and a mistake or a miss or what have you. Obviously, the League One final slightly different. Barnes, they had a player sent off. Whether you rightly or wrongly look at the challenge and think should that have been red, um, I thought it was harsh personally, but hey ho, it was given. Um, and of course, yeah, the, the story of Josh Windass scoring that late, late winner, emulating his dad 15 years earlier at Wembley for Hull, was, you know, a hell of a romantic story for you know if you can call it that really for the Windass family and of course for everyone involved. So they're, they're always entertaining. Um, if not, they're never going to be goal fests. You know, we have not after a while. Um, they're usually quite tight. I think the real story of the playoffs everyone's going to take away, if we're going to take away one thing, is that Sheffield Wednesday's run of going behind, then coming back against Peterborough, 
and then winning it in the 119th minute. If there's ever a hard way to go up for the playoffs, I mean, there's always a hard way, but there's ever a harder way, the hardest way, they seem to have managed to achieve that, despite being on 90-plus points and, you know, having enough points to normally go up as champions in League One. Yeah, I mean, the, the feeling of literally same uh, minute, Jimmy is um, Connor Jennings' winner for us a few years. You know that that feeling of, and I'm, I'm sure the chef Wed and and Barnsley fans have both accepted that that was down to penalties. Um, we had when we were down there and kind of you know sat there trying to figure out who's taken what and your right footers, left footers, and so on. Um, and that that feeling was, I mean, you know, there was not even half the number of Rovers fans there. As chef Wed must say that the numbers that they've travelled in is absolutely sublime. Um, but I I can't actually remember anything after the ball hit the net with Jennings. Um, I think I actually ended up on the floor <laughs> to try and stop myself from being sick. So God only knows what the scenes would have been in that Sheffield end. Um, and another another highlight for me as well. It's kind of a bit of a positive and negative to it. <coughs> um, obviously, a huge congratulations to uh, Luton Town on reaching um, the, the Premier League. I'm sure we were going to come on to this, lads. One thing that's really kind of not stuck with me, but I think it, it's it's shown, one, how much the game's developed in the UK, but two, how much... I'll be careful what I say here, because I don't know with our, our lovely listeners how many people tick this box. The kind of stereotypical armchair Premier League fan who has very little intention of ever attending a game, shall we say. And all of this, not abuse of Luton Town, but all of the almost mickey-taking of the ground, the infrastructure, how can a club this small be in the top division, etc. At the end of the day, they've done more than any other side did to get up there in the first place. Um, and I think this whole, oh, you know, imagine imagine Arsenal and Tottenham and this, that and the other turning up and, you know, going through those famous turnstiles in between the two houses and so on. I think it's it's almost turned into a bit of a, not a mockery of what the club's achieved, but it's, um, I, I don't know, it's, it's kind of made me feel a little bit un, uneasy, really. That's, you know, I've, had, I've had a conversation with a few people where they've kind of said, oh, are there many grounds like that? And you're thinking, OK, maybe in lower league, there's maybe none where there's houses that are you know part of the stand. But a lot of lower league, take out your new build stadiums, nine out of ten of, of the kind of old school football league grounds are like that and are kind of backed onto houses and people's backyards and this, that and the other. So it, I don't know, I think it's kind of exposed a lot of people in terms of their almost ignorance of the lower league and that kind of taking the, the kind of elite tinted um, spectacles off for a minute and actually kind of seeing what upholds the football pyramid in the, in the UK. Um, yeah, bit of a rant over there, but yeah, I just thought I'd raise that. But a huge congratulations to Luton, absolutely thrilled. I agree. I agree. No, I agree. I think a lot of people have done it for clout. They've done it for like, oh, just the meme factor. I think if social media hadn't been around as it is now, then you know, it wouldn't have been a big deal. I think stadiums in the past have been, they've looked not dissimilar to the current Kenilworth Road. If you look at a lot of the older stadia pre the Taylor Report, a lot of the stadia in the 80s and the 70s were, you know, not in the best condition. Um, you look at the house that, you know, look at how, if you look at a footage of Stamford Bridge in the 80s, it looks completely different because they've had loads of money put into the club with the Premier League and everything else in Bramovich to be able to do the stadium up. Um, but I think on a, on, a, on a bigger point is that it's not the players that are going to be bothered by that because to me, if you look at the majority of those, let's take the Man City players, we'll go on to Man City later. A lot of those players will have played in stadiums like that, like when they've gone to play lower-end Portuguese sides or lower-end Norwegian teams or they, they may have gone to a club in the cup, like a Luton or 
whoever a lower league club. I, I don't think the players will be that bothered if there's a pitch there and a football there and 11 men to play against. They won't care about the surroundings. The only thing that might work, I think I mentioned it's a lab podcast um, for Luton, is the fact that it's the intimidating atmosphere. You've only got 10,000, but they're literally pretty much on top of you. I think that's something that Luton can make work in their favour. But in terms of the whole kind of, oh, look at the away end and all this, I think that's just, I agree, that it is an entitlement factor that a lot of supporters seem to have about the Premier League and how ridiculous this, 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 this stadium's in. Well, it, it doesn't matter. You know, it shouldn't matter. They've earned it on merit. This isn't like the NFL where you've got to have the big swanky fresh new stadium and spend $100 million to get whatever it is to get access to a closed off league. You know, we've seen it enough times. Hey, if those fans want a Super League, they just protested. They protested against the Super League two, three years ago. And now are laughing at Luton going into the league on merit. It's It doesn't make any sense. And it does frustrate me that there are there's life beyond that Premier League, of course. And there are, you know, welcome to the real world. This is what, football clubs can look like. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's remembering the, the kind of roots of what makes the, the English league stand out worldwide, really. Um, as you say, some of the, even in, you know, like the top tier Spanish divisions, French divisions and so on, the disparity between the top clubs and the, the bottom clubs in those divisions in terms of infrastructure is nowhere near really what, you know, if you, if you look at the Prem as it is now, take Luton out of it, you know, all relatively big, newish or certainly modernised stadiums. Um, you know, it's it's hard to kind of put your finger on. Obviously, Bournemouth Stadium, quite a small one, um, but, you know, it's been adapted. I was reading something that, at the minute, as it stands, that Luton's ground actually wouldn't be... Um, feasibly like usable for the prem that they're gonna have to adapt certain things so there's it's some it's something ridiculous like i'm just gonna pluck a number here it's but it's something in the round it's like i read some yeah of. and it, it's something like that they need to have something it's around to do with the 35 mark for like yeah the number of tv stanchions for not just of well obviously to do with broadcasting <coughs> but also to do with var yeah. goal line tech offsides etc um, so that there's obviously going to have to be a, a certain level of a, of adapting, but it would be re- I th- I think it would be a real big up yours to the top division in terms of if they literally just ticked the boxes that they needed to, and they really stuck to that identity certainly for a season. And if they can stay up there, great. Then you kind of start looking down the maybe Brentford route where you kind of look at the size of the club, the potential, and go that way. I think they they've secured plan and permission anyway for a new ground. I think that was already in the pipeline, but they hadn't agreed the start date for that. And it'll be interesting, obviously, the money that they'll now generate next year um, in the Prem. I I always say this when, in adverted commas, smaller clubs go up, as to whether they will go and spend what they've earned in prize money and obviously additional sponsor money, TV money, Premier League money, etc. and build a team in the hopes of competing and trying to stay up, i.e. like a Knott's Forest kind of, you know, just just staying up, but, you know, a couple of good results along the way. Or do they stick with what they've got? Say, right, these players have, you know, earned the right to, to have a go. And if they come down, they come down with, one, a parachute payment, but two, all of the money that they've had from kind of going up. And then they're in a much better position to build as a real big sustainable championship club and push in the long term. But again, you know, I'm not a businessman, um, and obviously for the fans, you know, if you're going up, I suppose you do want to try and compete in whatever division you're in. Um, but it, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, it's certainly, you know, I think it's a bigger shock them getting into the Premier League than it would be them staying up. Um, for me personally, um, 
but yeah, that's, that's, as I say, absolutely thrilled for them. And I think it's it's about time there's been a little bit of a shake-up um, in, in the top tier. I think unfortunately for them, money I don't think is the issue. Time is going to be the issue. And whether the Premier League, I mean, we're talking about fixtures being released, I think, in the Premier League, I think it's next week. Um, whether the Premier League will give them dispensation. I think they did the same with Liverpool a couple of years ago. I think when they were build, rebuilding the main stand of having the first few games away from home. So they gave them more time to finish what they need to do. And you hope they're going to use Kenilworth Road. I, you know, there's talks of them sharing with Watford was one of the names. MK Doms is someone else I'd seen. Yeah, and you don't, you don't was want that because that's not... It, it, okay, if, if it has to be that way, it's a shame. But okay, you move on. But ultimately, what you want to see is... And the reason that everyone's mentioning that ground for what it is, is because it's so unlike anything else in, A, the Premier League. Um, and really, in the rest of the Football League, if you look at how it's designed and the you know the caravans and all sorts that are on it and the, the odd things, it's just so unique in its own sense that it's going to have, unfortunately, a lot of attention about it. And, and the shame really is that it's taken away a little bit from the achievements of them going up. Is everyone going, huh, look at the ground? Um, and yeah, it's going to be hilarious because it, you are going to have some away fans of bigger clubs who maybe haven't had a chance to go. Or, I mean, the away end is going to be so limited that getting tickets for that away end is going to be nigh impossible because you're going to have to have... Um, but, you know, it, it, it's, what the fo- well, it's what football needs. It needs those different characters. What I'm conscious of with Everton is we've got Goodison Park, albeit in a bit of a run-down state, and I'm conscious that with this new stadium on the horizon, that it's going to be a bit of a soulless, not bowl or such, but the design they're putting into it, I've also looked at and think, well, yeah, they've actually put some thought into it being a football stadium, first and foremost, not you know, a concert stadium. Or by Tottenham, we've got the NFL stuff and they have um, concerts on and they have, was it the um, go-kart track underneath it, which is all very good commercially, but ultimately takes away from its main purpose, which is to host a game of football. And that's what it's designed. That's what kind of worth road is. It's a football stadium, and that's what it's always going to be. They never, you know, you're not going to see Luton hosting stadiums, uh, sorry, concerts there anytime soon or the NFL. As funny as that would be, but you know, good luck to them. I, I, I'm looking forward to playing them next next year. Um, I'm intrigued about the summer. I think they might probably go down the route of not Nottingham Forest this year and have to buy in a lot more players. I think they, they've gone up sooner than they were imagining. I imagine, um, especially obviously with being through the playoffs. But yeah, good luck to them. It's a great story of the season. Yeah, it's a superb story. I think my only concern would be, and I know obviously at the time they were not well managed, if you look at Blackpool, I think it would be safe to to kind of compare those clubs, probably a similar size. Obviously, Blackpool's infrastructure is slightly better, slightly newer stadium, etc. But when they went up, kind of spent, not spent big, but they spent what they'd earned to go up, came straight back down and then plummeted through the leagues and were in real financial difficulty. So it's going to take a lot of very careful management, isn't it? And, you know, thinking about what clauses are going to be put in in terms of wages, length of contracts, etc. Um, it'll also be interesting, really, to see whether or not they kind of take a bit of a gamble and see whether or not the existing squad, obviously with a few additions, um, would be good enough. And if not, kind of have a plan B for January. Um, but obviously there's there's a lot of risk entailed in that, isn't there? Um, but yeah, thrilled to see them back. As you say, Matt, a, a, a welcome shake-up. Um, 
And I think, obviously, for yourself and Jimmy as well, as as Evertonians, I know obviously both of you are very kind of open-minded and very agitated fans, but for those people who are kind of the, oh, you know, I support a big team, blah de blah de blah I think the last couple of years in the Prem, it's made people maybe realise that some of these big stonewall, you know, eternal clubs aren't invincible. Everton came within 45 minutes of being below Luton. Um you know, for, for probably the first, well, yeah, the first time in the history. Um, you know, the likes of Leeds going down, okay, yeah, they've, they've been in and around there. Arguably, they've struggled since they've gone back up to the Prem. Um, but, you know, another massive team, I think, as a fan base, once Leeds got back into the Prem, did the Leeds fans ever think they'd drop back out of it? Probably not. Leeds thought that they'd kind of push back on and become, you know, maybe not a top four side, but certainly be back up there competing for, for Europe within a couple of years, and that's really not happened. So, well, look at yeah, Leicester. Welcome Leicester up. win the league, and then I've had a to yeah, exactly. How many years later? Seven, eight years yeah. later, whatever it is, is bizarre. And they had mm-hmm. an FA Cup win two, yeah. two years ago, three years ago. Two years was, was it? Which... And some of the some of the talent in that squad, some of the names in that oh, squad. Oh yeah, that, that, that shows, squad should it? not that have shows, gone down. You know, a run of bad results shows you exactly where you're going to end up. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, a welcome welcome shake up for the Prem. Um, to move on to what do you want to do? FA Cup final, Champions League final. Well, the treble, isn't it, basically? That's, um, yeah, well, we can talk about... Oh, That's an easier way of putting it. <laughs> just, 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 well, just, just before we go on to that, sorry. A penny for the thoughts of Cody Drama, um, full-back at Luton, who's on loan from Leeds, who has to now go oh. back to Leeds in the summer from Luton, having <laughs> switched divisions. Like, where do you even begin with that one? You know, that's an absolute wow. mess, isn't it? Yeah, and it's... Yeah, jumping up and down back to, back to one division yeah, to yeah. another, it's something you don't always consider, isn't it? Really, that's something I hadn't yeah. thought about. Gosh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It certainly wouldn't no, have been no, in his mindset, no. I tell you, at the start of the no. season. One for yeah. Leeds to have gone down, and two to have been promoted with uh, with Luton. I don't no. think anyone would have predicted that. Yeah, and Luton exactly to have, to have usurped his pairing club with his own club. Anyway. So yeah, the treble I think is the the main talking point. We can't avoid it, lads. We've tried to. Um, I just an open question. Thoughts? Man City win the treble? Best team in the league. Well, best team in the country, aren't they? And in Europe, by a mile. Let's be honest. They were great against Inter, in, in Milan against uh, sorry Inter in the final, I should say. But the, I mean the the game that won them it, which is a bad thing to say. That Madrid second leg. Was they were amazing. I mean, Madrid are a good side. Don't get me wrong. Real Madrid are a really, really good side, and they got dismantled by that City side in particular. Um, and you got the feeling on Saturday that the occasion got to them a little bit, but it goes over all the superstars in that squad for the Harlands, the Bruiners, whatever else. Rodri gets the goal, which was kind of apt because he was left out, wasn't he, against Chelsea? Was it on two years ago, three years ago yeah. in that final? Um. And it was quite, I say, oddly nice, but it was good to see him repay some favour and come in and get the goal. Um, it wasn't a classic, but it, you know, it wasn't. And I'll get to this in a second. It wasn't, you know, United '99 with the how they won it. Um, it didn't have quite that drama. It, more the drama was more Romelu Lukaku forgetting he can score <laughs> goals for for um for a living. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the the league. We all talked about it in an earlier podcast when Arsenal were seven points clear. I think most of us still said. Yeah, I've still got City winning the league, mm. and it happened inevitably. Um, and the FA Cup was much the same, and they, when they scored, was it within 13 seconds? 
Gundogan. Um, a, as an episode fan, it meant that people could now stop talking about Luis Sahar's goal, um, which is nice because we lost that final. Um, and it just goes to show how good that side is and can only get better. That's what's more concerning. That side is, can still improve. There's still some young players in that squad and they've got the money to go out and buy whoever they please um, to just improve on it. And it, it's, are we now going to be, the question I've about to open answer is, is it, are we now in dynasty territory? Are they going to be, you know, the next couple of seasons, they're constantly either in the final or winning it, etc. Is that going to happen? Or is it still going to be the 1-1? And it might take them a few years to get back on that train to win, win it again. I don't know. I don't. I don't know who stops them in Europe. I know it sounds that sounds ridiculous, but I can't see Messi's going to America. Obviously, he's getting on in terms of football and age and what have you. Benzema's gone. Um, there's a few others. Obviously, Zlatan retired. We might get onto some of this later on. But I can't. I can't see. Yes, Real Madrid. Obviously, they'll still be knocking in and around there. That's their lineage. That's their history. That's what they do. But like. <sighs> Like I don't think Arsenal are going to stop City in the Champions League. I don't think. I don't know. There's a few other teams. I, I'm not too sure. There's none of them that go. That could be a problem for Man City. I can't. I can't see it just yet. Um, one of the lads at work the, is only even me. Is if Madrid signed Mbappe, quite then possibly you've got something interesting going on, which is yes. difficult because they're signing Bellingham as well, and there's a lot of money in one window. But then again, of all teams who can afford it, Real Madrid are definitely up there for it. Um, but yeah, I agree. I agree with you completely. I, I don't see who challenges them. Definitely in Europe, in the Premier League, you, I mean, you're going to have teams improving. Arsenal are going to improve again. Um, you assume Chelsea, Liverpool, etc. are going to improve in the summer. United are always in that um, list. Tottenham are hilarious. Um, let's be honest. Everyone yeah. keeps mentioning them and you're like, <laughs> I'd like um, the new manager, but is he going to take them up to win the league? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I, think, I agree. I, I really don't see who gives them a serious challenge and no. runs them really close, especially over two legs. I think in a one-off game in a final, they've got a habit of... It can be done. Yeah, chip, tri- uh, yeah tripping over themselves. But as they proved the other night, as long as they keep their cool, and yeah, a little bit of luck involved, some, some good saves and some bad misses and on the Interbalance well striker spot, yeah, I really don't see who who can really properly challenge them see, this, for yeah. next few years. One of the lads at work, he's a City fan, he's about 50-year-old, and he was saying that he thinks Liverpool will be their main uh, concern next season. So why do you think that? He said, well, back end of the season, they had a really good run, and they'll be up for it, and that you know it's like Klopp's um, cycles and all this kind of stuff. And I was thinking, I'm not too sure, really. And he's like, no, like that, that it will be Liverpool. He said, it won't be Arsenal, they, they'll fall off. So his opinion is Liverpool, as, as he is a City fan, he said Liverpool is like, mm, that's interesting. But they do need to strengthen as well. They need. They, I mean, fair enough. They um, did they get Champions League in the end? No, they didn't, did they? No, Europa League. That was it. So I don't know. They need to strengthen anyway. I mean, yes, fair enough. They went on a decent run, but they, did, they still didn't get anywhere near Man City anyway. So if you're, if you're purely speaking financially, the only team, well, the two teams, depending, I say two is probably three, but hit me out. You've got Newcastle, yeah, who could out spending, potentially. But that's, years in, in advance you've got Chelsea who've already spent a shit ton as it is and <laughs> haven't done it very well no but I've got Pochettino who's an excellent excellent manager yeah and then if and this is a big if if the Qataris buy Man United that then could... you've got something interesting to go yeah. on because you've got two teams in a city who've got big money behind mm. them 
United have already got the commercial aspect where FFP would not be a problem, mm. where they could go and spend big, and they have done for the past couple of seasons. Um, the difference there is City have still got Pep Guardiola, and by the sounds of it, he isn't going anywhere for the time being. Um, if he does, that would be interesting. If he chooses to move on, I don't know who they would bring in. But you also get the feeling with City that, unlike an Everson board, if he were to drop, you know, drop and leave tomorrow, they'd have someone lined up ready to go within a week, and it would count, we said count as normal. Yeah, it might be a small crossover period, but ultimately there'd be someone there ready to go in of top quality who could look to replace him. I don't know, but yeah, there, there are my there are my three. Immediately, Liverpool, I agree, are in that list, but because because of how good Klopp is, mm. but. It's Bosiano's eighth season, ninth season, whatever he is. And that squad yeah. needs a good rebuild still, midfield in particular. They're buying, they just bought, um, what's his name from Brighton? McAllister. Uh, McAllister, yeah. who's a good player. But is that, it needs more. The, the rumours where they were after Jude Bellingham, he's not after Real Madrid by the sounds of it. Who do they bring in that's going to really elevate them yeah. to City's level? Mm. Also, bear in mind, you haven't got Champions League football to seduce players in with, whereas City do, Newcastle do, Man U do, mm. and obviously Arsenal do. Arsenal apparently looking for Declan Rice. Whether that happens or not, I don't know. United looking at Mason Mount, etc. All these clubs are going to improve, including Newcastle, whereas Liverpool are going to be really careful that they haven't got the thing that Liverpool have had for the past couple of years, which is we've still got Champions League football regardless of when we finish in the top four. Losing that is a big deal for them. Um, but if anyone can turn it around, can anyone challenge again, it will be Jurgen Klopp, I think. And he's the second best manager in the league behind Pep. Now, all I was going to say, just in terms of Liverpool, um, a lot of people think that I'm anti-red. I'm, I'm not. Um, I think, as you say, they had their kind of 18 months, two years in the limelight. Obviously, there was the, the COVID season where they excelled. Um, obviously, you know, winning the league and so on. And I think they hit... They hit lucky in terms of players, well, not lucky, but in terms of players whereby they've cost them next to nothing, if anything. So your Milners, your Hendersons, etc. Granted, they've put the time and effort into Henderson and turned him into, you know, a world-class leader and midfielder. You had, you know, Salas, Mane, etc. Um, on top form, and they kind of ran away with it for 18 months, two years. They were unfortunate not to win back-to-back titles. Obviously, City. Um, went down was the last game or last two games, whatever it was. Um, I think, as you said there, Matt Liverpool. I think we're kind of caught napping a little bit in terms of all of the other sides around them have kind of slowly improved. Liverpool almost, I'm not going to say settled, but they didn't refresh the squad. There was no replenishment. They kind of the squad slowly amalgamated into being this world-class squad and there's no, you know, taking away from that. They were an unstoppable force at one point, but they're now kind of at a stage where you could look at that starting eleven and then go, right, okay, are they the best around? And I, I don't, hand on heart, if you were to, you know, take take your fan boys and girls away who, you know, posters up on the bedroom walls and whatnot. If you actually look on paper now at that squad, are they a world-class squad? Probably not. Salah, okay, yeah, he is probably still one of the best centre forwards in in the world. The keeper, fairly solid. Is Van Dijk anywhere near as good as he was? Probably not. 
Um, Trent Alexander-Arnold, very ropey season. Robertson has showed that he's got a lot of mistakes in him. The midfield's nowhere near what it was. And, you know, looking looking up top, okay, yeah, they've got Salah. They haven't, they've, they're nowhere near what they were. And to get to that now, the way that obviously transfers are going in terms of money and looking at those world-class replacements, I don't, the, the money that would be involved there, I just can't see them investing in that way. And as you say now, missing out on, you know, top four in Champions League football, that's a huge draw for, for top players, you know, in a, a very short-lived career. Are you going to take the gamble to sign for Liverpool to play in the Europa League? with, you know, the chance of maybe going and winning a title. Is that going to happen feasibly? Probably not. I think City will probably run away with it again next year. I mean, game. don't get me wrong, the pull of... League football. They've still got the pull of simply just being Liverpool. I will point that out. Even as Nevertarian, I can Absolutely. fully admit to that, that they'll still have that Absolutely, look yeah. with Liverpool. This is, and that will um, convince a lot of players. Look at, you know, McAllister for Bryson, albeit I'm sure he's got a bit of a, a, an extra wage pack, etc. Um... But what was Brighton finished? Was it seventh, eighth, seventh? I can't remember what it was off my head. Um, but not that far behind Liverpool. But the put six, sorry, yeah, wasn't it? But they've still got the pull of simply just being Liverpool, no matter what they are, uh, where they are. Sorry. But yeah, I agree. I think City is just. I mean, again, there's also that very, very large caveat of what's going to happen with the FFP stuff, which we haven't really covered much in previous pods that I'm fully aware of, because I think it's just too complicated to even go down that. Rabbit hole, and I think there's a lot of other pods out there who have dealt with it and covered it in more ways than we could ever begin to. Um, and if that all comes crashing down to them, it's going to be very interesting. But yeah, other than that, I really don't see who can not challenge them um, immediately. Put it that way, it might take a few years to get yeah. to their level for some for some teams. I think it would be remiss of us to not mention 115 um, FFP allegations, shall we say? Obviously, just to reference that to say that is there because I know. There's been a mixture of, obviously, if you took in five minutes of the BT Sport build-up on Saturday night, it was, oh, what a great story, and then the end, oh, what a romantic story, City, you know, the rise of the league, it's the greatest story of English football, which, it depends who you support as to what you believe on that, personally. I I think you're able to see it on both sides. You can you can look at what a great side Guardiola has created, but you can appreciate that, and you can also say, have the club breach financial rules. You can you can do both. It doesn't have to be a mutually mutual exclusive thing. But something I, I've thought about quite a bit, which is weird, because obviously this perception is... And, and, and my feeling too, when I saw the score, score come through, it, was, it wasn't like I was, you know, angry or upset or elated. I didn't have any emotion towards it. Because it was just a sense of inevitability that City had won the Champions League finally. It was a sense of, that's been coming for at least 10 years that they were going to do this. It's been like sort of a, oh, they finally reached the top. Okay, right, well, what did you expect? But then I thought about it a bit more in that, and this is going to sound like a ridiculous question, in that who recently have City bought was world-class? Haaland, as good as he is, had flaws at Dortmund. He would go games without scoring. He, he didn't get anything like his goals from record at City. De Bruyne came in from Wolfsburg. He was a Chelsea reject. John Stones was on the up from Everton, but hardly like where he is now. Uh, they spent big money on these players, but they've Guardiola's moulded this team from the, the okay was miles off the, the pace at one point. Nathan Ake from Bournemouth relegated, Ederson from Benfica, who really you know, in English terms, who'd really heard much about him. 
Foden come from City's Academy, that famous tweet, congratulations to Foden, you've got six years sat on the bench when he signed that new contract. And it is amazing that, yes, they spent all this money, but the players, most of them have been there for absolutely donkey's years now. So that they've they've got their value. They've not just done what Chelsea done and spent 600 million quid in one year on all these fresh new faces. They, Guardiola, to his credit, has built methodically. He's got rid of players at the right time. We thought, a lot of people looked at Sterling going last year thinking, what the bloody hell is that about? But Sterling in that Chelsea team this season, okay, you can attribute that to the Chelsea side around him as well, has not performed at the level that he did at Man City. He could see that couple percent that Sterling had dropped and gone, he's not going to fit what I want now. And I do think a lot of this, if it hadn't been for Guardiola, would be a sight here today to West City's treble. I don't think so. For all the players that they've got, and they've got some of the very best talent in the world, Guardiola has developed that from what were very, very good players, don't get me wrong. But in my opinion, and, and from what you can see with other clubs, you can buy very, very good players. And potential to go to waste, that last couple of percent to make a player a true superstar can never be reached sometimes. And I, I don't like this thing of our small oil club spends billions of pounds to win Champions League because it's a bit more, you, you make it sound like a game of FIFA or a football manager where it's, it's a bit more in-depth than that. They've, what they've done is far more strategic on and off the pitch than let's chuck a shitload of cash in with the Champions League. Don't get me wrong, if it hadn't been for that money, they wouldn't have done it. But then, so, if it hadn't been for all the money, Real Madrid would never have won it the last few years, or Bayern Munich, or Liverpool. You know, Liverpool, so yeah. it, you, you need to have money on some level to you know to spend big on some players to be able to get to that level now. Because without that, you know, you're not going to have the nice respect. You're not going to see, I don't know, um, Luton. Clip this, by the way, if it happens. Luton go on, qualify for the Champions League, and then win the Champions League without spending any money. It's just, you know, I mean, if we do, bloody wonderful. But it, the, the days of, like, Nottingham Forest doing it from the second division upwards are, are long gone. And even then, they spent £1 million on Trevor Francis back then. So, I, yeah. I, and as regards the future, I think City, unless they hit horrendously, I don't see you stopped in the league. You know, I'm already thinking about predictions for next season, and, and I'm thinking, I can't see you stop City now. And I can see him defending the Champions League as well. I don't see who on the continent realistically stops them. It is, it's frightening how clinically good they are, but because they're so good, it's almost like emotionless. There's nothing. There's no feeling about them. It's not like with Ferguson's United where they were scoring late goals and you go, oh, stuffy, bloody, whatever. Or, you know, or you wouldn't look at, you know, Pets Barcelona and go, wow, they're unbelievable, you know, You'd either love them or you'd hate them based on the hype. But this, you just feel like it's so clinically good that it's hard to get, unless you're a City fan, of course, in which case, brilliant. It's hard to get that excited about. I can I can understand what you're saying about that because I was watching the final and I think a few of us, well, a few of us were watching the final, but I don't think I was the only one that wasn't really submerged into it in terms of, come on, City, I wasn't really on that level. I, I, the tradi- I think I text you guys. The traditionalist in me wanted Milan to win it. Actually, I don't mind City. I've got nothing, and I don't like them. I don't dislike them. They just seem to be there, and they're very good. But I did want Inter Milan just to do it, just for the shock value or the traditionalist in me. I don't know what it were, but um, just going back to the players that you mentioned before, Jim, like with Harland, I was, I was listening to the um, the James Richardson podcast a couple of weeks ago, and he was saying 
in theory, this is Haaland's bedding in season. <laughs> really, this is him adapting to English football. This isn't yeah. him. It, this isn't him in fifth gear. This is him. I'd argue he may have already adapted. Well, yeah, like, quite pos- yeah, possibly. Yeah, I agree with that. Oh, he's, <laughs> he's, he's two goals. Isn't he, with the no, but in yeah. terms of what, what, he wasn't dead in Arsenal. Any other striker, you'd say right. You know, give him a year, see what happens. Oh, I don't know. Maybe not the like, like a freak like Harland. What is he? He's like part Shearer, part Henry, part Slatter. I don't know what he is. He is a combination oh, of a lot, lot of different. He's like a soup of different players, isn't he? Just that's what he is. But yeah, they were, that's. I thought that was quite an interesting. Sometimes I think you forget that he's twenty-two years of age. You forget this is his first season at Man City in the Premier League. I mean, yeah, fair enough. He's played the Champions League, but I don't know how how great he was with Dortmund in the Champions League. I'm not too sure if they got that close. Oh, his, his goal-scoring record was unbelievable for Dortmund in the Champions League. He hit right. I mean, Dortmund were just Dortmund. Were just Dortmund. They would bottle it because it's Dortmund. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he he would bag... He'd be, his Champions League record was probably, I would say, probably better than his Bundesliga record um, because he would right. play hot and cold in, in the Bundesliga. Um, he would have injuries... Which was my only thing I was thinking this season, ahead of the season, is is Holland going to get injured? Because he would have long spells on the sidelines, but he just hasn't. Um, no. He's really adapted to really good management from Guardiola and everyone at City to be able to get the best out of him. Because they're not as reliant on his goals, even though he scores loads, than, say, a Dortmund would be, because they've got more goals around the team. It's, it is ridiculous, that team, what they can do. And I would... Uh, I hate saying this because it sounds like... Sorry to interrupt, by the way, Greg. Um, That's fine. Because it, it sounds like recency bias. And I always hate recency bias because it always makes you come across like a 10-year-old on Twitter that you don't know anything outside of the last five years. But I would say the City side is probably the best side in English football I've seen. And that includes Arsenal's Invincibles. That includes United's treble team. That includes Klopp's Liverpool side that won the league. It includes the City Centurions. Whilst they may not have reached as many points as some of those other sides, the way in which they just kill teams off is just so ruthless. It's it's frightening. It really is. Go on, Deck. What was you? Were you going to say? Yeah, no. It, it just a time to, I suppose, probably repeat back what both of you have just said. Really, I mean, you look at Harland. I've just had a had a little doodle. Um, fifty one million now. Fifty one million is an extortionate amount of money to pay for anything, yeah. isn't it? But in the in the grand scheme of things, fifty one million City probably received that in TV money over, let's say, three games, three four games. I don't don't know the, the exact breakdown, but fifty one million for um, a top four side to spend on a forward in modern money is very cheap. Yeah. Okay. You go back to what Jimmy said. They broke the, the Premier League record when they signed Grealish. Was it two years ago from Villa for 100 million? Something like that. Yeah. And everyone was handed home, right, okay, he's a decent player for Villa. Is he a top Prem player? And further on from that, is he a world beater? I personally said that he wasn't. And I think it's only really the last, since since the, um, oh, my head's gone, World Cup. Um, you know the, the build-up to that since the back end of the World Cup and the kind of last three or four months of the season, he's really shown how much of an integral part of that City side he is. Go back to what Jimmy was saying in terms of Pep. As we said, without Pep, would City have done what they've done? Possibly, but would they have spent a lot more money doing it? Absolutely, they would have done. 
if if Liverpool had spent 150 million on those two players or two equivalent players and hadn't won the league, people would be saying, what a waste of money, this, that and the other. But because City have now got the silverware to back up what they've spent, and as we say, yet they have spent an extortionate amount of money, but they've got the money there to spend. I know obviously there's the whole financial fair play side of things and whatnot, but at the end of the day, that's down to the regulators and down to the the authorities to to be managing that. And if they have breached the rules, which it seems that they have, you know, a suitable point deduction or whatever I think a point deduction actually would be more um apt for a side that were chasing you know a second you know back-to-back title and this that and the other because a a financial deduction from them isn't going to make any difference if they said to them right you can't sign a player for six months do they need to sign anyone probably not you know they might lose one or two in the in the transfer window but you know if they keep the core of that squad they're going to be up and around there anyway and I think it it kind of comes down to for me anyway, and again, looking as a, as a kind of lower league fan, someone peeking over the fence and having a little look in on this, it's almost like a, probably a bit of a jealous kind of trait in a lot of football, in adverted commas, fans. Because for, for lower league supporters like ourselves, I know obviously Evertonian's in, in the room. Um, very nearly was you know, until the and, you know, yeah, Well, yeah, very nearly, yeah. You know, for, for lower league fans, it's like this, as you were saying before, it's a game of FIFA, it's someone on champ manager, it's not real money. But actually, in, in relation or in proportion to what our clubs get in, they're only spending the same. You know, if Tranmere don't sign a striker for £50,000 towards that massive, that's a huge transfer fee. Well, £50,000 in League One equates to 100000 and the Championship equates to a quarter of a million, and the Premiership is 10 15 million, and that's for a low, you know, Prem side. And, you know, you get transfers like that, 15, 20 of them, every single transfer window, you're obligatory, or they've gone for 10 million or 12 million. They've just thrown a number on the player. Now, for me, Pep, exactly how Jimmy put it before, I don't particularly like City. I did want them to win the other night purely just to back an English side. I think. I would always, you know, want an English side to, to win and for the, you know, the biggest prize in world football, or oh, certainly wow, domestic so, football, so you and to I belong to an English club. Yeah, it depends if it is. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, to an extent. I want to see the world um, burn, it's great. I think, <laughs> no, but, but for me, what Pep's done with that squad and in terms of his management, I'm not his biggest fan and he's got his flaws, of course he has. But if you compare him to the likes of a Mourinho who's causing fights left, right and centre because his team's lost a penalty shootout, you know, hunting down referees, waiting for people in car parks. To me, and I, I mean, I don't think Mourinho's going to listen to this. If he does, I'll pay the lawsuit. He's a scumbag. He's been there. He's done it. And for me, he, you know, he's hit his peak and he's he's living now for me on on previous merit. I don't think he's ever going to reach the, the heights that he, he did in the past. Mourinho's also spent an extortionate amount of money. Um, he had his good seasons. Has he sustained that as much as Pep? Probably not. He's bounced around different teams and done it okay yet. But Pep, Pep has man-managed that squad. Um, and it's not a simple case of, you know, Take take Rangers out of the the Scottish Prem, or take you know Rangers, Rangers and Celtic. One of those is always going to win the Scottish Prem, always going to win it. And if you've got that money behind you, you should be in the top two every single season, with or without any kind of managerial um, experience. You look at the likes of um, Parkinson at Wrexham. You know, 
Notts Forest had a, an extraordinary season, but Wrexham should always have got promoted with the amount that they've spent. But for me, City, in comparison to, to the other Premier League sides, I, I don't think you can compare in terms of finances. They're spending what's coming in. And whilst people are pumping the Premiership with so much sponsorship money, TV money, etc., that's only going to get bigger and bigger and worse and worse. And that, that's kind of the fire that people have been fueling for years without... You know, maybe being a little bit ignorant to it, really, um, and that that is only going to get worse and worse. I, mean, I think all this is going to do the FFP stuff. It's just going to shine a light on how much really FFP is a little box. <laughs> there's, there's no way of putting it. it. It was brought in as a regulation team. You don't want the likes of um, you know what's happened to Barry, etc. Whatever. I, I get that. I get some understanding of it, but City with the money that everyone knows that they've got. Everyone knows they can go and spend big and they've got the money to pay for it just because they don't bring it in commercially themselves, allegedly, I should say. It's it's nonsense. And, you know, there's clubs in the Premier League who are in the same boat. I mean, Everson, but, you know, I hamstrung by FFP because, albeit, yeah, they've mismanaged money before, but the money is there to cover what now needs fixing, but they can't spend it. Um, and City are not daft. City will hire the best lawyers physically possible. And we'll drag this thing out as long as they possibly can. And all it would do at the end of it, if they come out and win, then FFP crumbles as a system. Because if 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 it can't be implemented, then what's the point in it? Because if all teams need to do is just literally, ironically, spend their way out of it. What's the point in it? What is the point in it being a process whatsoever? Um, there must be better ways you can control what clubs are spending as long as they're not going to the top of it. As long as they can show physically they've got the backing behind them to cover... X amount being spent, etc. Um, and they're not daft. They will. They will drag it out as long as possible. They've done it already once, and they'll do it again. That's the all end all of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is a mad one for City, really, isn't it? How I think a lot of it is come down to jealousy. It sits a lot from the other, the other quote-unquote big six clubs that go, oh, yeah, you know, look at their look at their small fan base. They only they, only three fans that have the trophy parade. They've just spent loads of money and all this. And I just yeah, it's a it's a point of jealousy really. I I don't think the money is a Man City issue. I think it's a Premier League issue. As Dex pointed out, the Premier League now is so overinflated with massive money. It's you know the fact that you've got you're gonna have clubs like with the gross of respect even the Burnley and Sheffield United, they're gonna come up and be able to outspend the likes of Milan. Um, by Leverkusen and, and like I don't know, Alecco Madrid possibly for transfer signings. And in a world where that's the case, you've got to wonder, because the Premier League is so heavily marketed and so global as a TV audience as much as anything else. That's City have caught the fresh of you know the crest of the wave with that. They've really caught that Nadia of Riding the rise in popularity from 2008 upwards at the Premier League, We've already been a top league in Europe, it's now financially, comfortably, and far away bigger than, than La Liga and the others. And that's how City can get round it, uh, and that's the case with a lot of Premier League clubs. And I think as well, if FFP, you know, if City are hit for FFP violations, it do the Premier League really want that? And I'll say this because. Does it not make a mockery of what the Premier League is trying to produce as this ultra-amazing, glitzy, glamorous, best-of-the-very-best product when their their poster boy of the last decade gets hit with financial wrongdoing and they have to get demoted or whatever or or 
God forbid they have all their trophies stripped off them because what a mockery that makes if six of the last or seven of the last nine, whatever it is, Premier League trophies get, you know, basically like Serie A did with the Calciopoli scandal in 2006, where basically a trophy gets basically stripped and it's like there's no winner for like seven of the last decade seasons. That makes the league look bad as much as it makes City look bad because they've let that happen for year upon year upon year upon year. And they've just let it happen because they know, hey, City have got all this money. They're going to bring all these great players in. It's good for the league. It makes us more marketable. We're able to grab the back of that. So I, I don't really know. Like, I get FFP to keep clubs in check, as in to stop them from going bust. Absolutely. What I don't agree with FFP is it's a way of keeping teams that want to progress down and teams that are the elite stay at the elite. And that's how it kind of feels. A bit like, you know, I'm not going to say it out loud, but I think you know what I'm referring to. A bit like other parts of society, shall we say. Um, and so I don't really know what the Premier League are going to do about it. If they do, you know, charge City with stuff, then okay. I, I wait with beta breath and interest, but... I think it actually reflects really bad on English football. If I mean, you can say it looks bad if we let City get away with it. It looks bad if we strip City of their titles and demote them to like the National League or whatever. That's a bit of a you know, bit of an extreme example. Because either way, it shows that a lack of due care and interest in the actual wealth welfare of football and the competitive nature of the league. Pardon me. <coughs> And the interest more in the greed and the financial side of it, top of the game. So, I don't really know how you proceed with that. And I don't really know where it goes. But, I just think the Premier League come out of it looking very good regardless. It's sort of the issue with the Premier League need Man City, which is Man City need the Premier League. If, if Because, for all the points you've just raised there. Which is why I think, if there's... I agree as well. What outcome do you get where everyone's happy with it? Because the Premier League ultimately don't are going to want to save face. But if they do let City get get away with it in inverted commas, then they've lost all credibility, and the rest of the league will take advantage of that. Um, mm. You know, if 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 United, like I say, if United are bought out by you know Qatari backers or whatever else, then yeah, why the hell shouldn't they pump in a couple of billion quid if they've got it sat there spare? And improve the squad and improve the stadium, and whatever else. It's it's their it's not says their right to. It's 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 their chance their to money. do it. You know, it's their money exactly. Yeah. If yeah. they spoke it up the wall, then the, that's on them. It's the classic thing. It's their money. They can do it. You know what? Hmm. At the rate of inflation, I went and bought a four pack of Monster the other day. Other brands are available. Gone from four pound thirty to five pound ten in a week. So, Shocking. if that's how much my four cans of Monster are going up, then um, Harlan's probably worth £1.4 billion now, I'd say, roughly. <laughs> Big um, so, you know, it's it's going to take big investors, isn't it, to just be able to buy the hot dogs for the catering vans. And yeah. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. 